0: Good morning. All right. All right. All right. All right. God bless you. God bless you. I just heard from my son in law in Qatar. They're watching us in Qatar. God bless you guys. Be blessed. The safest place to be is in the grace and favor and love of God, so be blessed and we thank you for what you're doing out there, man. All right, fam, I'm excited. Ready? Y'all ain't ready. If you were here last week, you know that something broke in the spiritual. Some, amen? Something broke in the spiritual realm of unity last week. We ended, for those of you that missed it, we ended earlier and we left our seats and and, and I kind of, I asked everybody to get out their seats, get out their circles and meet some people and greet one another. And, and what happened was, it, it, it was, I, I don't remember the last time there was such a, a tremendous physical response to a word. Nor have I gotten such feedback on a message Like I did last week. I knew it was a risk, but I really felt it was led by God. And honestly, uh, I expected people to respond how you normally or how sometimes usually we respond to a message. I expected people to say, hey, great word, but not for me. Oh, that's a good word. I I know, man, I wish my my sister's cousin's uh, daughter was here, man. That would have been a good word for her. Man, too bad my husband don't come because I wish he would have heard. That's the response that I expected. But instead, man, something broke in the spiritual. Amen? That, that didn't happen and I, I really felt like imaginary walls and perceived walls were torn down and at least for, for a few, there was there was genuine community here. Amen? Now, my prayer is that you don't ever wait for me to do that again. But that you make that a Part of the culture of this house. Somebody say amen. See, what, what happened here last week, what, the, the, the love that we felt, I want us to love like that. Moving forward, love like that on the regular. Let our culture be that even if you came here all alone, you never feel alone. My prayer is that we would kind of take this seriously and make hospitality your mode of ministry. Just me and Hassan? All right. Amen. Amen. Make hospitality. Listen, I want want there to be hospitality directors in every section, and I'm not going to appoint them. I want even my prayers that even the shy ones would manage their own row. Even the introverts in the house would manage their own row. Like, and just self appoint I'm the manager of this row. This is my row. Nobody sits in front of me or behind me without greeting me. Nobody sits here without knowing me. Nobody, nobody, and, and, and meeting me and getting my name, like waiters in a restaurant, right? I, I, I want, like, if, if a waiter sees another waiter approaching their table and says, whoa, 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 I, that's my table. I manage, I serve them. Can you imagine if we had that attitude in church? Wait, 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 you don't serve them, I serve them. You don't greet them, I greet them, right? And we beat the ushers to the greeting and we beat the professional greeters to the greet and we have that kind of atmosphere where i serve here amen that's my section i, I mean over the top hospitality not fake but genuine not fake i'm not asking you to be fake there's enough fake churches amen Enough fake christians we run into all the time if you're sitting here be uncomfortable but over-the-top hospitality, like, well, why do you care if I sit here? Because I'm in charge of serving this row. Because this is my section. That's why I care. <laughs> Amen? And listen, listen, church. This is how we grow the church and keep it small at the same time. Now listen to my heart on this. I'm not interested in building big numbers. If, I wa- if that was my heart, I-, I wouldn't be here. I'd be doing something else. I'd be... You know, going through the channels and going through the networks and getting, getting on this and getting on that. If what I wanted was big, then I'd, I'd go after that. That's not, that's not my heart. So understand when, when I stepped out to do this thing, I surrendered to God and I said, God, if you think that you could use somebody as crazy as me, as A-D-H-double-D as me and someone as unskilled as me, as unprepared, as unfinished, as unequipped, as untrained, I'll step out as, as long as you're with me, I'll do it. I'll take risks, I'll take steps of faith, but your word clearly says that you build the church. So you add to the number of the church. I'll surrender my will, my plan to yours, I'll do whatever you want. Listen, when Michelle and I stepped out into full-time ministry, I left a corporate job making good money, and we stepped out into full-time ministry. Said That means I stepped out with no money, no health insurance, a mortgage, And young kids. For seven years, my kids didn't get sick. Seven years, small children did not get sick. Why? Because we didn't have health insurance. But God says, I'll handle yours. I'll take care of you. I'll provide. I'll cover. Amen? Listen, the minute I stepped back into full-time position and got health insurance, a daughter caught a rash in some weird... And had to go to the doctor. It's like, since when? You don't get sick. I said, yeah, but we got health insurance now. I got a rash. It was like, like God, you understand? So, see what, what I posted this week, and y- y'all keep it all. It, it says, what, what you keep is all you have, but what you surrender, God multiplies. God multiplies. Amen. And listen, I'm fine with this or with that, but when, but when you read and study and preach the word, you can't help but understand that a healthy church should grow. Right? So I, I, I'll be the first to tell you I will not continue to pastor a church where the chosen are frozen and they're, and they're not allowing anybody else to come in. And they don't want nobody else to be comfortable here. And they don't want nobody else to be happy here or, or, or to be healthy here. Amen? That's not healthy. But last week, I watched people genuinely meeting people and even liking some of them. Did, did anybody meet somebody they liked last week? It was like a family reunion for a family that actually likes each other. The funniest thing I heard last week was when the children's pastor come out and say, Hey, um, guys, nobody's picking up their kids. Can you go get your kids, please? Everybody's like, Oh, I forgot I got I got kids next door. I'll tell you what else happened that many of you might not know. Even online, people that were watching the message started greeting each other. And they started saying, Hey, my name is this. I'm from here. Oh, God bless you, sister. My name is this. I'm in. There was one in Maryland and one in, listen, I don't attend there, but I watch online and I'm a member of you. Man. This is church. Amen? This is Book of Acts type of church. Listen, you can look at this and say, oh, boy, we're not going to hear the word. We're just going to be about a social club. We, you know, we might as well just be a club. I need a church that feeds me. I'm going to go to a place right now where I could go have a three-hour Bible study. I say, listen, good, go. We're not trying to be a social club. But what's the, well, what I'd say to you is you probably need Jesus. You probably, because what's the point of hearing scriptures week after week and not doing what they say? What's the point, right? What's the point? You can listen to a, if you'd rather listen to a three-hour message so that you feel holy, so that you feel you know even if you fall asleep four times. But if you'd rather listen to that but then not walk it out, then you're probably a Pharisee. You're you're probably, you just want to meet the religious requirements. You don't want to live like Jesus. You don't want to love like that. You don't want to do what he does. Amen? I'd rather get a little word and put it into practice. And get a little more and put it into practice. And build on that and put it into practice. Why give me more than I can do? Come on, man. I I don't want this to be a social club, but we're called to be one body. And I really want us to get that because the word says in John 17 that Jesus is praying that we would be one. This quote, by a matchless parable, our Lord taught us that all believers are branches of the living vine and that apart from him we're nothing and can do nothing because we have in us no life if we're not connected to who can illustrate the word better than Jesus who's the word right so so one of my favorite pictures he gives us in scriptures is the living vine scripture I talk about it all the time I love that scripture because it's so easy to see and and it's such a great picture in John 15 he says this I am the true vine and my father's the vine dresser Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it might be more, that it might bear more fruit. Listen, this is for somebody today. You, you, you're you, thinking, you think, God's been stripping and taking things away. And you're thinking, man, God's mad at me. God's angry at me. God's not with me. Where is God? God's saying, I'm with you. I'm pruning. I'm the vine dresser. I'm taking away the things so that you can bear more fruit. Say, Amen. Verse 7, he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified. Listen, I believe we tapped into something last week. We walked out what Jesus was already praying for. So, So we asked for what he already wanted. Get this, man, this will change your prayer life. We asked for what he already wanted. Think of it as a parent when your kids decide that they want to do something that you want them to do. Think about that as a parent. Your, 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 your kids decide, you know what? I think I'm going to finish school. Here's the car. You get behind it. A- amen? I think, listen, I, I think I'm going to take that job. I, I think, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, let's go. I'll drive you. I'll drop you off. I'll pick you up. Right? Or, or she says, you know, I think I'm going to break up with that jerk because he's a jerk. I got him on speed dial. Hold on. Here. Yeah. Hold, Hold on. She wants to tell you something. Sound Some speaker. Do it, do it, do it. You get behind it, right? When they want something that you want, you get behind it. When we want something that God wants, he gets behind it. Ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. The problem is the church will take that out of context and we got us asking for lateral numbers. Asking for the mega, you know, come on God, come on Jesus, you said... When we pray what God already wants for us, it's about aligning ourselves with the alignment of God. The opposite of unity is rebellion. It's division. A a rebellious or divisive person isn't connected to the vine. They just hang out around it. They're dead leaves that are hanging around waiting to talk to the ones that fall. Dead leaves waiting to talk to the ones that are struggling to hold on. They discourage the ones that God prunes. That verse and this illustration, in very essence, what it says is, you cannot be a Christian without being a part of a local body. A churchless Christian has a limited fruit supply. Those of you watching online, I love you. And if, but if there's a place that you can plug into where you're at, Plug in. You can still watch us online. We love you. You're a member of us. We're one body. Don't matter where you are, but you need to be connected someplace. With, without a connection, there's a limited fruit supply. You, 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 you follow me? To bear good fruit, you have to be connected. Paul Paul gives us the other illustration, which is just as powerful. And I talk about this a lot too. First Corinthians 12 14. It says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. As it is, God arranged the members of the body, verse 18, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. When was the last time you left your arm at home? If, God forbid, your arm became separated from you, I don't care how well you took care of it. I don't care how much ice you put it in, what a pretty sealed box you put it in. It'll start to die the minute it's cut off from the body. Come on, I thought I The minute it's cut off from the body, it'll start to die. It, 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 it'll start to, de- the longer it's away from the source, cut off, the longer it's away, it'll start to deteriorate. It'll begin to break down. It'll begin to decompose. Look around. We've seen many walking dead Christians. They broke down. Their whole life is broke down. Walking dead. They're disconnected. From the body. They're the first to, to judge you. They're the first to accuse you. They're the first to remind you of who you were. They're the first to tell you, uh, to, to, to bring doubt into you. Walking dead believers. Anybody know anybody like that? There's no life in them. Man, it's quiet. Listen, I know I'm going in on this two weeks now, but I really want this settled. I want this to be part of our culture. God says that we're each a part of one body. So let's love like that. Amen? This Valentine's Day week, instead of falling into all these commercial love traps... Let's love on the body of Christ. Let's let's find where there's a need in the body and the way you used to go all out when you were young and dumb and the letters and the chocolate and the gifts and the jewelry, all that effort and expense, let's love like that. Imagine if we loved like that, the body, amen? No, the wives are like, "Uh -uh, I don't care what you tell him, but he better, I'm still, you got to do what you got to do, man. I'm saying, you know, don't, but love like that. Look, look. this is interesting. Paul uses the same picture from Corinthians about the body, and he uses it in his Romans letter. Before, and before he goes there, talking about the parts, look, look, look at what he says, Romans 12. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you, by testing, you may discern what's the will of God. So he's saying, if you want to know the will of God, real worship is surrendering to him. So many people to come to, to the pastors, oh, you know, I'm trying to find God's will. I'm trying to find, surrender to him. That's it. That's the will of God. Surrender and he'll show you how to discern and, how to, and who to get with in a relationship and who what relationship to cut. And he'll show you what, where to go and where to... He'll lead you, but you got to surrender it all to him. Amen? Verse 3, he says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Hashtag member of you. Amen? So he's saying we have to let go of our pride and our ego. Can somebody say amen? Listen, it's amazing to me, and, and, and this is, I see this over and over and over again. People come to the body, they come broken, jacked up, addicted, strung out. They're on their fourth marriage. They come to the body, and God accepts them, and God loves them, and God restores them, and God starts to use them, and before long, this same person is now looking at uh, all of a sudden, they're better than everybody else. All of a sudden, they're looking at people that come in broken on their third marriage. And they're judging. And they're saying, you know, well, you know, if you didn't have three wives, you know, if you didn't want to have three baby mamas, then maybe. Say, bro, but you have four. You know, as a pastor, the last thing I want to do is bring up somebody's past and tell them. But a lot of times, I just want to say, bro, really? You, you, you know, remember where you came from? Right? Paul is saying, let go of this ego and this pride, right? And, and, <coughs> and, and, and then he, he says in verse 9, let love be genuine. Let love be real. Abhor what's evil. Hate. Hate what's evil. Hold fast to what's good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Paul says, love like that. Outdo one another and listen. You want? Let me give you a free marriage seminar in a sentence. Do more for your wife than your wife does for you, and you win. (laughs) Wives, do more for your husband than your husband does for you, and you win. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in love. Outdo one another in service, in acts, in, in, in everything that you do. Outdo one another and you win. The problem with marriage today is that everybody says, I'll do 50 and you do 50. It'll never work. The math does not line up. I know in math, 50 and 50 makes 100. That's not how it works. We need your 100. When you commit to me, I need your 100. When I commit to you, you need my 100. You don't need my 50. That's free. I won't even charge you for that he says let love be genuine do not be slothful lazy and zeal but be fervent in the spirit serve the lord rejoice in hope be patient in tribulation be constant in prayer contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality there's the word this is tough right here listen verse 14 bless those who persecute you bless and don't curse Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be arrogant, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Look, verse 18, I give this counsel to people all the time. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with everybody. What, what does that mean? Some people are not going to allow you to have that peace with them. Some people are not going to, they're going to keep on pushing and pushing. It says, the word says, as long as it's up to you, live peaceably. As far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed them. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you'll reap burning coals on his head. Do not, this is the the bulk of it, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. Family, we're called to love like that. Many times you read scripture like that and you have to back up and say, wait, 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 wait. That was some, that's some heavy scripture, right? When you start looking at... Loving like that. Many times we, we have to back up and we look and say, all right, who wrote that, Paul? Come on, Paul. Come on, bro. Right? And then, of course, you got to take it ultimately to God. He say, God, come on, man. You know, you know, you, you, you know me. You, you know where I'm from. You know what I've been through. You know what I go through on a daily. How can you just tell me to love like that? And the simple answer is this. The simple answer, God can tell us to love like that because he loved us like that. Paul can encourage us to love like that because he was loved like that. You know Paul's story, right? The Word tells us about a man named Saul right? He was referred to as Saul before they referred to him as Paul. Saul was born to a Jewish family in Tarsus. He was a Roman citizen. He was schooled, trained, and brought up as a Pharisee, religious of of the most religious. He, He believed the teachings of Jesus violated the Mosaic law, and so he took it upon himself. This is the kind of dude he was. He took it upon himself to harass to put in prison, even to kill anybody that followed Jesus' teachings. He was such an aggressive persecutor of Christians that he sought after and received permission from the high priest to go to Damascus some 135 miles. Like, what is that your business, bro? Let them do what they do in Damascus. He was so adamant about it. He, he got permission. Nobody sent him. He just said, me. This is what I want to do. I hate Christians. Anybody meet people like that? Come on, we know people like that at work. I hate Christians. Y'all are all fake. Y'all are all hypocrites. Y'all are all, okay, whatever. Do you know, you know us all? Right? When's the last time you met all of us? Anyway, I won't get into that, but. But he was that kind of man. He was a hater of people that follow Christ, but he was doing it in, in zeal. And so he he got permission to drag Christians out of their homes, terrorize them. He sought the arrest, the trial, the conviction, and the punishment, and the death would be, if ideal, of those in Jerusalem. So this enemy of God, he was on his way to carry out this persecution and extinction of all the followers of Jesus. And as he approached Damascus, a light from heaven flashed around him, knocked him to the floor, and he was on the ground. He heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he replied, be, you know, because it was a, a sound that was obviously not like Hassan talking to me on the side. It was a sound, right? And he said, why? Who, who are you, Lord? And, and, and Jesus says, I am, it's Jesus whom you persecute. Side note. What, what do we see here? He wasn't persecuting Jesus. He was persecuting Jesus' followers. Right? Nowhere does it say he was going after Jesus. He was persecuting his followers. And, and so, so what does that say to... But Jesus says, you're persecuting me. What does that say to us? Get this. This is important. Whatever we do to his followers, we do to him. However we feel about his followers... We feel about Him. Whatever, when we love each other, we love Him. When we encourage one another, we encourage God. When we bless one another, we bless the heart of God. When we hate one another, when we gossip about one another, when we trash the church or trash its leaders, whatever we do to his people we do as unto him you see why this is so important the way we treat each other this is not like oh pastor's just you know he was the only child so he just wants everybody to love and no It's the word of god the word says whatever the way i treat you is the way i treat him whatever is done unto the least of these you do unto me amen So Paul's riding into Damascus like a big dog. He's going in. People are scared of him. He has like a bad reputation right now. And he's riding into Damascus, big dog. He's going to pull Christians out of their homes. He's going to bring them. He's ready to stomp out Christianity. That's, That's his heart. That's what he wants to do. God doesn't even touch him. God just allows a little bit of light of his glory to just shine where he's at. And he falls to the ground blind. So now this big dog that was going into Damascus to imprison and stamp out Christianity, he's being held, he's holding people's hands. He's saying, Oh Jesus, oh my God, I can't, I can't see. I don't know what happened. I, he said, I'm personally God's talking to me. I can not imagine like his, his mindset, how God has humbled him for a minute, right? And so, and and he's being led into holding people's hands. And so, and and Jesus tells him, get up, Jesus told him, get up off the floor and go into the city so I can tell you what you're gonna do. And so God gives one of, his, one of his disciples in Damascus a vision, a man named Ananias, and God speaks to Ananias in a vision, and God says, listen, I want you to go to see Saul, and, and because I just gave Saul a vision that a man by your name is going to go there and lay hands on him and his eyes are going to open and ananias doesn't even trip i don't know how you would be like if god showed up to you gave you a vision and said listen i need you to go to pray for um Ephraim because i just gave Ephraim a dream that somebody by your name is going to i mean that would be kind of crazy right he doesn't even trip about that he says oh i'll go but wait saul he tells god he said but saul is wicked are you, do you know what Saul was doing? Saul's persecuting people like us. Saul's trying to kill people. Saul's dragging Christians into the street and killing them. Are you, sure you are, are you sure you got the right guy? You want me to go to Saul? And God says, just get up and go. Bete. Go see him because he's waiting for you. And so Ananias, you know, he goes and he prays for him and the word says scales fall off his eyes and Saul believes and he's filled with the spirit of God. He gets up and he's baptized and he hangs out with the disciples for a few days and a few days later he's preaching Jesus in the synagogue. In a few days, he's preaching Jesus in the synagogues. And that same passion that he had for religion and religiosity, and that same passion that he had, he uses, and God uses it for his glory. Say amen. Later, he's trying to join the disciples, but the disciples are too scared of him. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, that's true. You can't come with us because you was killing us. We're like, I, how do I know that you're really saved? How do I know there's not a trick and you get us all together and then you start pummeling all of us and killing us? And they were scared and Barnabas had to grab him and say, no, nah, man, it's, it's true. He's been sharing his testimony all over the city. It's true. He met Jesus. God talked to him. He's a changed man. And, you know, that, that stuff had to happen because he had established a reputation for his hatred of Christians. People everywhere who heard about this wicked Pharisee, he was known for evil and hatred and persecution, and God chose him anyway. He was known for for killing people, and God pursues him anyway. He was known for dragging Christians out of their home, and God saves them anyway. He was an enemy of God, and God used them mightily anyway. This same man is the one that writes later on in, in 1 Corinthians. He says, for though I am free from all I've made myself a servant to all that I might win some of them. Listen to his heart. To the Jews, I became a Jew in order to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law that I might win those under the law. To those outside of the law, I became as one outside of the law that I might win those outside of the law. He says to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I've become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. Can we love like that, church? That's why Paul can write and tell you and me, be good to one another, be kind to one another, encourage one another, be at peace with one another. We're members of one another. Love like that, amen? Worship team, you guys can come. Listen, that's the good news of the gospel. That's the gospel. God so loved that he gave. His body broken for you and for me. You might, you know, you've heard this a million times. This might be the first time you've heard it. While we were still messed up, he gave. While we were still far from God. While we didn't even know we needed him. While we were still wishing for good luck. While we were still trying to follow our horoscopes. While we were still lighting candles to dead saints in our bedrooms. While we were still wearing crosses as jewelry but had no idea that what happened on that thing was for us. While we were still serving other gods. While we were mocking those that follow this one. While we were doing whatever it took to get whatever it was that we wanted. While we were yet enemies of God. While we were dead in our sin and didn't even know it. He gave his body to be broken for us so that we can be made whole. Can we just stand for a moment? Because we were loved, we can live and breathe and be in this place and we can love like that. Amen? As we close out in worship, I just want to invite you. If up to this point, Listen, it's easy to come to church and make this a habit and still have no Christ in your heart. Still not be full of the Spirit of God and still not be, just just be like the leaves that are hanging around. I'm going to invite you, man. If you're here, you've never made kind of this decision. I'm going to challenge you to get connected, to be become part of the vine listen if you only come here because your wife comes or if you only come here for your husband or you only come here for your kids i'm talking to you it's real possible to have this i wanted to have this big tree here but it's real possible to have this full vine and tree and 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 it'd it be like 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 we're a part of this but you're just a leaf hanging. But what, what the word talks about, how we were, we weren't from, right? We weren't God's chosen people. And so we have to be adopted. We had to be engrafted into the vine. And only people that do gardening and you know stuff understand that. And I'm Puerto Rican. We don't know nothing about that. But but, but what happens is, is they they open the stem and they take. The, the new um, plant that they're bringing in and they, they split it and they put the branch in or the, the vine into this vine and they and they wrap it and they treat it so that it's ingrafted in it, it's, a, it's a I know like who cares right but, but it's a beautiful picture though if you think about this because this plant gets vulnerable because it gets it's, it's, uh, it's stem stripped It has to be opened. It has to become exposed. It has to become naked. And then the tree that is going to be engrafted into has to become vulnerable. And it has to be opened. And it has to be stripped. And it has to become naked. And then when they're together, it's a beautiful picture of union, right? When they're together, they become one. And then after a certain time, after it's been in the the vine after it's been growing you won't be able to tell which one was there originally and which one was grafted in because it's it's we're all the same and that's what the word says that we're all not not Jew or Greek or we're we're all the same we once we've once we've accepted once we've stepped into this once we've become part of the vine it's like we were there the whole time and the righteousness of God is in, imputed unto us. The beautiful thing that we read in, in, in Romans is that when, when, we, when we believe on the Lord, not only does he put this, this, he puts us on layaway, he puts this down payment in our hearts. He gives us the spirit of God. And so in, that means God has to see us now through Jesus. So He sees us through the sacrifice. He sees us through the blood, which means He sees us clean, spotless, pure. Not only does He see us sinless, but He sees us as if we've done everything right our whole lives. Because the righteousness of Christ has been put in us once we believe. Do you get this? So it's not only like... Listen, because somebody needs to get this today. It's not only like you're forgiven and your slate has been wiped clean, it's as if you've been given a new slate and you've done everything right your whole life. The righteousness of God means not only you haven't sinned, but you've done everything right your entire life. How many of you know that's not us? But that's the free gift of God's grace. And that's available to us. And so, if you if you wanna say today, I, I need to be adopted into the body. I need to be received. I need to be ingrafted. I want you, as we as a, as as the worship team leads us, and for a couple more minutes before we leave, I want you to just come. I want you to come forward. I want you to step out. It's break away from the dead leaves. Break away from the dead religion. Break away from the nonsense that has held you back. Break, you know, shake off some cobwebs. Shake off some 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 weeds that may be pulling you. Break free. And just come forward and say, God, I want to be ingrafted in. And we'll, we'll be sure to welcome you into the body today. Amen. And then from this point on, we'll one another each other to get through everything we got to get through. We're not saying everything. Once you do that, oh, man, life's perfect. You go outside your bank account, got increased. You, you call your credit card companies and they say, no, you all your debt is paid. Right, we're not saying like you leave here, all your friends are gonna love you, your parents, are gonna, your father's gonna hug you now. He never hugged you in his whole life. No, none of that's gonna change. Right? Don't, don't, don't. You know, misquote. None of that is gonna change. But inside you, you're gonna be part of the vine. And when you're part of the vine, you your source is different, and that's the beauty. You're connected to the source. You're gonna have times of pruning. You're gonna have times hard of bad weather. There's gonna be storms, right? But you're connected to the source. And your supply is in Him. And so now, when you lose your job, when you lose a relationship, when you lose your source, is in Him. And so you can overcome. And so you can endure. And that's the goal, and that's the church. We're supposed to come around you and mourn with you and weep with you and rejoice with you, and that's why I want to spend so much time on this, because we have to be about this. If we're going to be about anything, amen. Be blessed, guys. We love you. Let's let's just um, let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Won't you lead us in a prayer before you need worship, Hallelujah. and just invite people to come.
1: The altar is open.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Jesus is here
1: with his arms wide open. If you're one of those that this message, these words has impacted your heart, and you just needed that, this altar is open for you to come forward. No one's watching you. No one's judging you. There's no expectations on you right now other than the expectation we have on God when we come to his throne. So if you want to, if you need to come forward, we'll pray with you. Pray for you. Father, we thank you, Lord. Father, it is indeed true that we've never known a love like this. But Father, now that we've been shown this love, oh God, you ask us to give it, oh God, even as we freely received it, Lord. And Father, Lord. It's not the hardest thing to do, or it is, sometimes it is the hardest thing to do, oh God. But Father, there's something about your love that breaks down walls and breaks down barriers, oh God, and breaks down attitudes, oh God. And causes it to just begin to flow, Father, to the point where we can't even control it, Lord, because we become an extension from you, O God. And if we truly say that we're connected to the vine, then the nutrients from the vine flow through us. And so everything that flows through you, through us, Father, should be seen, O God whether it's love, grace, mercy, oh God, these things come from you, so they come through us, oh God, and we freely extend that, and we give that, oh God, so Father, you're changing us, you're changing us each and every day, oh God, some of us have never known love, oh God, until we ran into you now that we've encountered you, oh God, we'll never be the same. So Father, we fight off the old, oh God, because sometimes the old attitude wants to come and take over. But we push that to the side because we're a new creation and we walked in victory and strengthen you, oh God. And so when that old man rises up, we give him the boot and we sit him down. Because in you, all things are made new. So Father, teach us. Teach us, Lord, not only how to love you, but how to love one another, oh God. Father, because you are indeed preparing a church, oh God. You are preparing a church without spot, a blemish, and that is It's a promise that you've made and we will see that come to pass, oh God, because your word will not fall. So if you want to be part of this church, lift your hands today. If you want to be part of this church that God is creating, that God is is putting together, the the bride, his bride. (laughs) Father, we want to be part we are part Lord no we don't act like it don't no, we don't display it sometimes we fail when we fail miserably in our attempts father you give us another day you give us another chance to get it right Lord and that is because of your love and we've never known a love like that before Father, have your way in and through us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Forgive us, Lord. Our devotion. Oh It was just him and I and no one around, even though it was hundreds of people around. He met me, man, and he spoke into my life, and he changed my life, man. And I ain't perfect, far from perfect, but I can tell you this, that I'm striving, man, to be more like him. Because in him, I find perfection.
2: See, I'm not trying to
1: be perfect. I'm trying to be more like him. Somebody just pray for my brother right here in the front. Just do that. One of our ministers. Father, we love you once again, Father. Lord, you're not seeking perfection from us, oh God, but you are seeking our hearts and you are seeking our worship and you are seeking our hearts to walk in holiness oh god and these are areas father that you have never you have not left us without strength oh god because the spirit that live within us help us to overcome oh god help us to be who you've called us to be father so there is nothing that we can say is too hard father because you've already done it father you've already paved the way and you even though father you've given us your spirit father you've anointed us oh god so father we take what you've given us lord that anointing and we don't hoard it father but we share it oh god we share the love that you've freely shown us oh god and we commit father to be able to to speak and to push it and to just share it oh god soften our hearts father if we've been hardened father by by things disappointment and people father lord because you're not calling us to to walk in that father because there's so much in store for us oh god and even though we don't see it here in this lifetime we're guaranteed forever with you lord so we'll continue to see times of refreshing. We'll continue to see the greatest things. We'll continue to bask in your glory, O oh God, because you've given us that promise of eternal life when we come to you, O oh God. So Father, here while we're still on earth, change us, cause us to continue to be impactful, O oh God, here in this life, here in this world, here to our friends, here to our families, O oh God. We love you, O oh God. We are one to obey your word, Father. And you've just called us to love one another, Lord, as you have loved us. You've called us to love one another so that this world would know that you are real, O oh God. So, Father, have your way in us this week, Lord, continue to speak through creation, speak Continue to speak through people, oh God. Continue to remind us, put a, put us in opportunities where we can be able to show that unconditional love, Lord, to one another. You are a member of me. I am a member of you. You are blessed. Continue to be a blessing. A wonderful week. And like last week, come on, meet some new people. Say hello, say goodbye to somebody you never met.